Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you so much, Pastor Peter. Wow, wow, wow. I love church. This morning, my heart was just greatly moved. Oh, mate, I wept as I heard some of the stories of transformation. And I've come to realize that if I don't cry in His presence at least once a month, I know my heart's getting hard. That's just me. I was raised and I hardly ever cried. I was tough as, didn't know what emotions were. But the last 20 years, I'm catching up on my tears. And it just moves my heart. And yesterday was Marilyn's birthday and we had a great day. And we decided to go on the giant Ferris wheel. Who's been on the giant Ferris wheel? Yeah, you know, it's the largest portable Ferris wheel in Australia. Okay, there are bigger ones in, uh, that are set in theme parks, but this is the largest portable. And as we went up, it was blowing wind, the storm was building up last night. But when we got to the top, I realised you can just see so much further. And tonight as we were worshipping, I wanted to give you a word of wisdom. I see us walking or running this race of life and sometimes you, just, you think there's so much more to change and be set free from and so much more to do. And sometimes we start running backwards and look back and think, oh mate, I don't think I'll ever get that sorted out. But when I went up in the Ferris wheel, I realised you can just see so much further. And when you're up in the air, you can see so much further forward or backward. And you've got to choose what you're going to look at. And this is the word I felt for you. Many of you have traveled further forward than you think. The enemy tries to lie to you and think you still have so much to sort out in your life and still so many things you don't have wisdom for and, and you still keep stumbling and making mistakes and think there's so many issues to sort out in my life. Hey, we're all on a journey. But I just felt as we were worshiping today, I just felt like you were lifted up and you were able to look down on your life just like when we went up in the Ferris wheel. And I saw some of you glancing back and realizing how far you've already come. But I saw you glancing forward now with faith, not fear, saying, oh, how am I going to sort out and how am I going to cope with the future? I saw faith because there was this light and your path was just broadening out and getting bigger and more exciting and more fulfilling. And the word for you tonight is, you're doing better than you think and you'll travel further than you think. The enemies try to lie to you and say there's just way too much still to sort out. For you individually, for us as a church, for ministries, the Lord says you're doing better than you think. Don't beat yourself up and say, oh, mate, I'm just keep failing, I keep stumbling, keep giving in to temptation, still going around in circles on this issue in my life. Hey, we've all got areas of challenge. But the Lord wants you to have the perspective that He lifts you up so you can see further. And you're doing better than you think. And you've actually traveled further than you think you have. And there's still a way to go. But the good news is you're not traveling it alone. And there's other people going to join you on this journey. Let's just reach up to heaven for a moment. Think, just take that word and, and ask Holy Spirit, what's that mean for your life? What's that mean for your life tonight, where you are? Father, I thank you that you give us, word of, you give us words of wisdom. But we won't keep looking back. We won't face the future with fear. And we won't keep beating ourselves up saying we just keep on stumbling and 
and just rest them with so many temptations and things. But Lord, help us to see with your eyes of faith, Lord, that we're doing better than we think. And Lord, you're taking us on this journey of freedom. And Lord, you're releasing our hearts so that we're an example for other people to reach out and take a hold of Jesus inside of us. Lord, as we just share about keys to freedom, I pray tonight, Lord, you would strengthen our hearts in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give two people high fives and take a seat. Yeah. (coughs) Wow, wow, wow. God is so good. Last Sunday night, I shared for a few moments at the end of our uh, encounter night on principles for freedom in Christ. And I raced through about half a dozen of them in 10 or 12 minutes. And uh, I realized I was on preaching again tonight. So I thought, hey, I'm going to grab that slow down a little bit and finish this message. I'll just remind you of the first few. Thanks, worship team. You guys are amazing. Hey, let's give them a big hand, eh? Yeah. Faithfully serving. And I believe that God's got you here tonight to... One, at least one of these is going to grab your heart tonight. So I'll just run over the first few I shared. Principles for freedom in Christ. Number one is confess and declare the areas in which you have received freedom, positively and gratefully in prayer to God. We've got to line up our confession with what God says about us. If you want to live in freedom, you can't always be confessing that you're a failure, that you're no good, that you're not going to make it, that I'm not sure whether God accepts you or not. If you keep saying that and believing that, you're going to just go round and round in circles and the enemy's just going to keep you oppressed. You've got to start to confess and declare the freedom that Jesus has given you and the freedom that you're walking into and running with. Don't allow one negative thought to control you. They all come, but you don't have to let them control you. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, if you declare with your mouth, that's not, oh, well, uh, maybe, God, I think you might have helped me. No, you declare with boldness. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Not might be or hope that some things are going to shift. We've got to declare that Jesus, you are Lord, and it says you will be saved. And believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. To be justified, one one preacher said, to be justified, it's just as if you'd never sinned. Because Jesus so forgiven you and washed you clean, it's as if you'd never sinned. Now, we know we have, but under the blood of Jesus, it's been wiped away. And we don't need to keep digging up the past. So if you want to live in freedom, confess and declare what Jesus says about you. Number two, you need to start each new day trusting in God's power to help you make right choices. We live by our choices. Sometimes we blame others for our mistakes. Oh, it's that teacher, it's that parent, it's my my mate that led me down a wrong path. Hey, the reality is we all live by our choices. I can't blame anyone else for my choices. Other people have influenced me. I've listened to um, social media voices, or I've listened to heroes, or I've listened to mates, I've listened to people that might take me down the wrong path. But the reality is you all have a free will and a free choice to live in freedom. And that's what we need to remind ourselves 
that I am responsible for my choices. Don't let your feelings deceive you. Galatians 5.1 says, Let me be clear. The anointed one has set us free, not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. So some think, oh, well, I'm sort of half sorted out that issue. Hey, if you're on the pathway and you're making right choices with God, you can start to live in freedom from that. It can influence you, but doesn't have to control you. That's what we have to have in our life. It goes on and says, we must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. Wow, it's okay to be stubborn sometimes. Sometimes if you've got a stubborn person, they won't listen to advice. They can be so frustrating. Any parents here might have had a teenager that was stubborn. Teenagers never think they're stubborn. They're just strong-willed. We just use different words, don't we? You've got a friend who always wants their way. They're stubborn. No, they might be strong-willed. But it's okay at times to be stubborn and strong-willed when you're dealing with the devil, when you're dealing with your past, when you're dealing with the temptations that keep trying to trip you up. You've got to be firm. Say, no. No way am I going back there. So God wants us to stubbornly refuse to go back to the old ways and live in the past. Thirdly, if you want to live in freedom, expect continuous and increasing freedom where Satan has previously bound you or used you for his purposes. What do you expect? If you want to live by faith, it's full of expectation. I'm expecting this week is going to get better, not worse. If you start the week thinking, oh boy, I don't know how I'm going to make it through. Mate, you're already half defeated. Think, oh mate, work's going to be terrible or school's going to be so hard. If you start your week thinking that way, mate, it's just a burden. You've already bound yourself up by your confession and your expectation. But if you start, I love Sundays because it's the beginning of the week. Lord, I'm going to believe and have an awesome week. Lord, by your help, I'm going to improve. I'm going to excel at work. I'm going to improve the way I communicate. So you start off with expectation of goodness. You say, mate, I started like that last week and by Wednesday it didn't go so well. But if you keep believing, you'll see the week will get better as you go on. But if you let the negative stuff, you won't live in freedom. You'll live under bondage and negative expectations. Because expectation will take you towards a destination. That's what faith is. Fear is negative of faith. If you fear something, it will lead you towards it. But faith takes you towards your purpose and your destination. Move forward by faith with even a glance over your shoulder at what is now your past. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ that is grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Saviour, he is a new creation. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Not passing away, have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Wow, we've got to realize, we've got to declare this as present tense, not something that might happen in the future. And that's what God wants. If you want to live in freedom, you've got to say, by your grace, I am an overcomer. Now, you might still be wrestling with some temptations and thoughts and negativity and depression and anxiety and rejection, but you've got to start declaring, well, by your grace, I am an overcomer. It's what you declare will take you towards that destination. But if you keep speaking negatively, mate, I'm an addict, I'm going to always be one. Hey, you've defeated yourself. You've lined up with the enemy's side instead of the side of kingdom righteousness. So you've got to choose each day which side am I going to line up with. And it comes from the heart and then your confession. 
So if you wrestle with fear, you've got to start to speak to that mountain and you've got to say, God, by your grace, I am an overcomer. Fear might influence me, but it's not going to control me. Negativity might try and slow me down, but it's not going to trip me up. And so we have to line up with God's Word. Philippians 3.13 says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gain the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So God wants us to not dwell on the past, but keep moving forward. And like that word of wisdom tonight, you're doing better than you think. We often think worse than what we are. That's why we need friends to encourage us, because they can see more clearly than we do. Number four, remember anything the devil whispers in your ear is a lie. That's his profession, and he's very good at it, but he's a liar. John 8, 44 says, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. And do you know deception, it's often close to the truth, but it's just got, it's got enough truth in there to th- get you thinking about it, but it's full of lies. If someone comes and tells you an outright lie, you think, no, that's not true at all. But deception is where there's some truth and some untruth or deception. That's how the enemy works. So you've got to be alert to what he says. And um, if he tries to convince you that your freedom didn't really happen, but was just in your mind, it was emotional, use your faith shield against him. James 4, 7 and 8 says, So then surrender to God, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will turn and run away from you. Move your heart closer and closer to God and he will come even closer to you. Submit to God, resist the devil. It's okay to be stubborn against the devil. Not against people, but against the schemes of the enemy. And some of us need to get a bit stirred up sometimes and and take authority. I remember one uh, family that were having a lot of strife in their household. And I think we saw that on that movie, War Room. Remember when that lady just said, that's enough. She got outside in the bush. The devil, get out of here and no more of this in my household. And sometimes we've got to get a bit stirred up and say, no more of that negativity is going to keep robbing my heart. That spirit of rejection that keeps tripping me up, no more is it going to control my life. And sometimes you've got to get stirred up in your spirit by the truth, not fighting people, but against the lies and the negativity. Say, that's not going to control me anymore. Number five, if you want to move in victory, you need to learn to use the name of Jesus. The power of the name of Jesus. I love singing songs about the power of the name of Jesus. I love declaring in prayer the power of the name of Jesus. It's not a polite signature at the end of a prayer. In the name of Jesus, amen. You know, some people say, how should you pray? And so you learn, well, in the Father, Jesus said, pray in the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, it's not just the way you sign off. This is the authority it's like the stamp of authority that you use. When you pray and you use the name of Jesus, realize it is very, very, very powerful. I've had many situations where I've been in, in uh, places and as soon as I speak the name of Jesus, something shifts. The atmosphere shifts. I've told the story the first time I preached in Fiji. Came off the plane. I was supposed to be there to do pastor's conferences. But uh, Pastor Tim, all the evangelists, plane was late. So they were two hours out. They said, oh, you're speaking at the crusade on the soccer ground tonight with 3,000 people. I said, okay, let's go. 
So I, I had some sermons ready to teach pastors in the morning and Tim was going to do the night rally. So I grabbed uh, Acts chapter 3 about the uh, crippled man getting healed in the name of Jesus. And as soon as I said the name of Jesus, all the demons in the crowd just went crazy. People started running through the crowd and screaming. It was just full on chaos. And as soon as I said the name of Jesus, everything broke loose. And I realized the power of the name of Jesus. And sometimes in our Western Zion, we forget just how powerful Jesus' name is. And I thought, wow, Lord, help me never to forget the power of your name. So we need to use the name of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb and the confession of your faith against all Satan's temptations and condemnation. All condemnation comes from Satan. Never believe him. You have been cleansed and protected by the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. We heard some amazing stories today. People get set free when they hear testimonies of the power and the goodness of Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, there's power in your story. And one of the translations says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony that they gave about Jesus. So what you speak about Jesus and His finished work on the cross can help set you free. Romans 8.1 says, so now the case is closed. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus the anointed one. So we need to use the name of Jesus. Number six, if you want to live in freedom from uh, sin and you want to live in freedom in your life, you need to avoid deliberate sin. Why would you deliberately open the door on darkness when you want to live in freedom? But that's what the enemy will try and get you to go back to the old ways. Proverbs is exciting and a bit scary. As a proverb says, why would, why would a pig go back to its vomit? Yuck. Why would we go back to our old ways when we know it leads to destruction? But sometimes the enemy deceives us and reminds us, oh, well, it wasn't all that bad. Never forget, the hardest day as a Christian is still way better than the best day you ever had outside of Jesus Christ. You've got to remind yourself that. You've got to remember that. The, the hardest day you ever as a Christian is still way better than the darkness and shame and guilt and confusion of when you lived outside of Jesus Christ. You've got to re- we've got to remember that in our hearts and in our lives. So avoid deliberate sin. 1 John 5.18 says, We know that whoever is born of God does not sin, but he who has been born of God keeps himself and the wicked one does not touch him. Should you unavoidably sin, confess it immediately and receive forgiveness and cleansing. Hey, we all get tripped up sometimes. When you come and ask his forgiveness, you'll be cleansed. This will stop Satan from weighing you down with guilt, one of his favorite schemes. 1 John 1.9, you can probably quote this, many of you. If we confess our sins, let's say it together. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to say that again because some of you aren't really convinced yet. Let's say it again. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. Hey, that's the power of confession of our, our sins to God. And He will cleanse us. If you want to live in freedom, number seven is rely on the Holy Spirit to control your life. Remember, He's the Holy Spirit. So if you let the Spirit of God work in you, He's going to work holiness. He's going to convict you when you're doing wrong. 
He's going to get beside you when your temptation's coming and you're just about to give in. The Holy Spirit will say, hey, don't do it. He'll remind you that's freedom for you. Remember how clean you felt when you confessed and you met Jesus? Why would you go back to it? He just gets beside us. He starts whispering truth in your ear. Or he starts knocking on the door of your heart. Say, hey, don't, don't, don't do it. Remember the joy of what it means to be washed and clean and free. Remember the open heart you've got with friends when you're not hiding anything. Remember how nasty it is when you know that you're deceiving your friends. They said, how are you doing? You say, oh, okay. But they know, really, because they can see straight through your eyes of worry and fear and they can see that you're depressed and down and overloaded. They know you're lying, but we don't want to be truthful because then we've got to say, well, oh, yeah, I've messed up and I'm really struggling. I'm not on top as I thought I should be. The best thing is to be open. It says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. How awesome is when we've just got open hearts and friends and we don't have to hide anything. No matter what tough question a friend comes up with, say, yeah, I used to wrestle with that, but I just know freedom in my heart. How awesome when you can say that. And there are times when we are overwhelmed. So the Holy Spirit comes. He's the Holy Spirit. He'll come and bring you into holiness. The holiness is not being religious and right and just never making a mistake. Holiness is set apart to follow God. It means He's called you to follow after Him and He will work in your heart to bring freedom and cleanse. So make room for the Holy Spirit in our life so He can control your emotions, your desires and your imaginations together with your will by deliberately giving Christ lordship over them every day. Just saying, Jesus, I surrender to you. And he's come to help set us free and to bring liberty in our hearts. 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is a spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from darkness. Freedom from the old ways. Freedom from the shame and guilt. Freedom from fearing that we're going to trip up again and I'm going to lose my temper again. And next time I meet that person, no matter how strong, how determined I am, I still end up going the wrong way. Hey, we need to confess the freedom of Jesus Christ. If you're running into a temptation or a difficult time, just say, Holy Spirit, just cover me, surround me, fill me. Just remind me every moment of the day so I don't get tripped up and weakened when that person tries to get me to do something wrong. Or I'm under a pressured situation and I'm tempted to find my own way to relieve the pressure. Don't go there. Let the Holy Spirit come and bring hope to your lives. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous mercies? I encourage you to surrender yourselves to God to be His sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in His eyes. Wow, isn't that beautiful? Don't be overwhelmed by the culture of this world that is out to try and bully you into group think that is trying to bully you into whatever they, the society says they think is right and cool. Hey, the Spirit of God within you will change the way you think, the way you think about yourself, the way you think about others, the way you think about those who are not agreeing with you. 
The Spirit of God will change the way we think so that we can see as God wants us to see. Ephesians 5.10 says, Don't get drunk with wine, for that is wickedness, corruption or stupidity, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by Him. You know, being drunk with wine will lead you into waste and debauchery and you end up doing the dumbest things sometimes. God says, hey, there's a better way. Be filled with the Spirit. Galatians 3.5 says, Let me ask you again, what does the lavish supply of the Holy Spirit in your life and the miracles of God's tremendous power have to do with you keeping religious laws. The Holy Spirit is poured out upon us through the revelation and power of faith, not by keeping the law. Wow, the Holy Spirit's there to help us. It's not keeping all the rules and everything in right place. It's the Spirit of God motivating us on the inside. That's why I love to worship in the Spirit. That's why I love to speak in that heavenly language. And uh, one of the one of the guys who shared through one of the dads this morning said I was a Christian but I knew there was more and he said I got filled with the Holy Spirit and he said everything started to shift and change I thought I thought how awesome is that hey hey let the Spirit fill your heart let the Spirit fill your heart because you can't do it in your own strength no matter how strong-willed you are or how self-disciplined you are we all need the Spirit within to give us courage to say yes and no at the right times and to flow in his presence and power it goes on and the next one, if you want to live in victory, you've got to make time to read and meditate on the Word of God. The Bible's not just a book. It's a life-transforming revelation of God's love to you. It is historical stories. It's, it's poems. It's, it's word pictures. It's stories that give you things to hang on to and be changed. And it's the power of the Word of God. And if time is limited in your life, if you're really busy, we can always flick on the mobile phone and have a screensaver with a scripture that jumps out at you. You know? You can, um, when I was younger, we didn't have mobile phones. That dates me a little bit. I remember the first mobile phones that came out. They were those great big, the tradies used to have, remember? They had a big battery operating. It was about yay big and you'd carry this big pack around. That was your mobile phone. Anyone remember them? Yeah, a few do. But before mobile phones came, I was about 18 or 19, and I, I was wrestling with challenges as a young person, and I wanted to follow God with all my heart, and the Spirit of God kept saying, just memorize Scripture, memorize Scripture. So I got out a whole pile of pieces of card. I'd write the Scripture reference on one side, and I'd actually printed out the verses, the verses on the other side, and I would have them with me always in my pocket, when I'll be driving to work at lunchtime at work for several years and I learned hundreds of verses from the Bible. It was like the Lord said, get the word in your heart. How can a young person cleanse their way? But by taking heed according to the word of God. So it becomes a strength in your spirit. So I learned hundreds of verses from the Bible. I still remember most of them now. And it really put something in my spirit. So whenever I was tempted to say or do wrong, these verses would pop up in my heart. It was like just flashcards would come up, don't do it. A promise would come up and say, don't do it. I'll give you strength to overcome. Don't go down that pathway of deception. Don't follow after that person's advice. Don't try and get their approval because they will take you in a place of control or manipulation. And so I would, I would do these things. And I remember even as a young person, 
um, the challenge of, of pornography and relationships. I think, no, I'm, I can't live in that place. The Word of God gave me strength to say no and to stand up for righteousness. And I thank God. And so I wrote them out. It took me hours and I'd write them. I've still got some of them in a box at home of all these scriptures I wrote out as a reminder of the power of the Word of God in my life. I was an 18, 19, 20-year-old. I thought, I've got to get strength in my soul. And the Word of God will give you strength. Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. It will help you. It will be like flashing lights for you when you're tempted to go and do something wrong. It'll be the lights will flash. Say, don't do it. The Word of God will just come up and compel you, remind you to help you make the right choice. So you need to get the Word of God in your hearts. Joshua 1.8 says, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Wow, prosperous and successful. If you get the Word of God in your heart. I know some of the transformations many women, you've got to memorize so many scriptures. There's a powerful reason why, because your mind's getting renewed and you'll have courage and strength to overcome your addictions. That's why we do it. Parents, teach your young people. Young people, get the Word of God. Get some screensavers. Get a verse for the week and just go over and have it on your screensaver all the time. And you, by the end of the week, you'll remember that verse. you remember it. It'll be in your heart and mind forever. Because once you get the Word of God in there, the Holy Spirit will make sure it's burnt inside. And then the next thing is you act on the Word. Not just get information, but then start to do it. And then the power gets really released. It's, like it's activated. <clears throat> the Word and faith together will activate strength to overcome temptation. It will give you courage to make right choices. It will give you strength to make, have a successful, fruitful life. And that's been one of the keys for my life is to get the Word of God and keep reading it and meditating it, journaling, doing whatever you've got to do to get the Word of God in your heart. Colossians 3.16 says, <clears throat> Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom teaching, admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Some say, well, I'm not good at memorizing scripture. Let me tell you, if you can memorize your verse and your, uh, your name and your phone number and your address, you can memorize scripture. Okay? Some of you can memorize heaps of other people's phone numbers. I used to memorize a lot. Now they're all saved in your phone. I don't memorize them like I used to. So I say, what's their number? Oh, I don't know. I'll have to check. I used to learn them all off by heart. And so I, I, I know dozens of phone numbers in my head because I just went over and over them. And so there's ways that we can remember things in our hearts and our minds and it's powerful to help change, change your heart and your life. And one of the easiest ways to remember things is to sing them. Because when you put, Rachel knows as a teacher, she teaches the kids songs. You put a tune to it and they'll remember. I remember learning my maths tables to a song. That's why I've never forgotten them. I had a crazy teacher who used to sing the maths tables to us as kids. She couldn't even sing very well. That's probably why I remember it because she just wasn't even a really good singer. So I probably remember the crazy melodies she used to try and put to them. But I never forgot my maths tables because it had music with it. And as soon as you'd start, all of a sudden it would all just remember. Because songs are, is a powerful reminder. And some of you hear the first line of a song and all of a sudden you can sing the whole song. It's, it remembers. So scripture or truth. And some people make up little songs or little tunes to remember important truths for your life. That's why we sing some of our songs are just straight out of the Bible. Or they're biblical truths. 
because it helps you remember and it'll go over and over and over in your heart and your life. If you want to walk in freedom, you need to wear the armor of the, the spiritual warfare in your life. You need to put on your spiritual armor. I was taught this when I was a young person. Ephesians 6 um, talks about the spiritual armor. Put it on prayerfully. And I remember for several years, I used to physically in the morning get up and put on my spiritual armor. I'd put on my helmet of salvation. I'd physically go like this. Lord, I put on my helmet of salvation so my mind will be focused today. Lord, I put on the shield of faith so it's going to protect my heart from every attack of the enemy, every negativity that might come to my heart. I take up the shield of faith. Lord, I, I take the sword of the Spirit in my hand and it's going to be my weapon. And Lord, I put on the belt of truth that's going to help me walk in truth. I put on the shoes of the gospel of peace so I'll carry peace to wherever I go today and you'll guard and guide my feet. And I went through the whole uh, uh, spiritual armor that's lifted there, listed there. And I did that physically for several years until now. I don't even have to say it. Literally, I just say, Lord, I'm covered in your armor today. And I just go out. It's, it's, a, it's a truth for us. Let's read it in Ephesians 6.10. Now, beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths to the last. Be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. The devil has strategies and schemes. He's a schemer. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings. Remember, we're not fighting people. So whenever you're fighting people, you've got to start to look at your heart and get things sorted. But you'd survive with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. <coughs> because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides as you're, so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph. Put on holiness as a protective armor that covers your heart. Stand on your feet alert, then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace. In every battle, take faith as your wraparound shield, for it's able to extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one. Embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies. And take the mighty razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the Spirit as you constantly intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all His believers. Wow, if we walked in that spiritual armor, many more of us will live in greater freedom and victory. And some of you might for a while need to physically go through it. Grab Ephesians and physically go through it for a while until it becomes a habit of life. Just like every day you get up and you have a shower You put on your clothes and you brush your teeth after you eat. Remember you taught that as a kid? Spiritually, we need to put on our spiritual armor before we head out into our day. However literally or physically or metaphorically you need to do that, there's something happens when you say, I'm covered by God's grace and strength over my life. So when temptation comes, say, no devil, my mind is renewed in Jesus Christ. You've got strength in your heart and in your life. And God wants us to live in the power of that. If you want to walk in victory, you've got to concentrate your thoughts and plans on what glorifies Christ and you'll have victories all of the time. Matthew 6.33 says, So above all, 
constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him, then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. If you start seeking after possessions or people or relationships or success alone without God in the picture, you'll always end up empty-handed. You'll end up sometimes achieving the goal and realizing, well, what did, I'm not fulfilled. But when God's in the middle of it, you feel fulfillment. So we need to focus. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Yes, that's God's grace. If you want to walk in freedom, break wrong friendships and choose positive, clean, clipping friends who put Jesus first. The Bible says, do not be unequally joined or yoked together. Break former habits that led to sin. And I I met someone recently, they said, they're a newer Christian, they said, I'm going out with a non-Christian. Actually, they weren't just a non-Christian, they were believing in another false religion. And they said, do you think that's a good idea? And I looked at him and waited for about 10 seconds. He says, no. I said, that's not a good idea at all. He said, well, how am I going to get out of it? I said, if you truly want to follow Jesus, God will help you make a way. You need to share Jesus with them because they might be open and searching for the truth. But if they're not willing to, you've got to seriously weigh this up because if you're a Christian and they're not a Christian, there's going to be some parts of your relationship are not going to be joined together. You want to come to church and pray and they'll be wanting to do something else. You'll be pulling out the Bible and they'll be pulling out their books and holy whatever. And I said, it's going to be chaos. He said, really? I said, yeah. And I just had to be loving but very firm and clear. And I remember listening to a, a DVD just recently on finding your life partner. I think it was, um, who did it? Uh, Rick Warren, I think it was. He taught this thing, and he was going through about 15 things you'd look for in a partner. He said, if they're not a Christian, you're a Christian. He says, run! Just run, he said. Don't try and explain it or work it out. Just run. (laughs) He acted it out. He said, I have helped it, tried to sort out so many people that have made choices like that. Now, if both of you are not Christians, then you're in a relationship, and one of you gets saved, then you endeavor to reach them for Jesus, but... It's just so difficult. And if you're married to a non-Christian, it says stay together and win them by your life if at all possible. But if you're choosing before you're married, we've got to walk with wisdom. Don't be unequally yoked together. Don't be unequally yoked together, not only in marriage relationships, but in friendships that are causing destruction. If you're in your friends, you need to be drawing them closer to God. But if they are drawing you away from God, you've got to really seriously look at that friendship very quickly. It's got to change the parameters or you've got to just pull away. Say, hey, we need a break because I need to get some things sorted. Don't blame them. T- step back. You can't be unequally yoked because it's going to lead to control and darkness in your hearts and your lives. Avoid visual and emotional triggers in our lives. So you want to live in freedom, put some good things in your minds. Philippians 4.8 says, So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, Honourable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. That's a really good tick list, hey? Some of us need to put a tick list on that and say, how are we going with 
those things in my life. Mm. And fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising Him always. Wow. A couple more, we're going to wrap it up. If you want to live in victory, never give up fighting on certain issues so you can come into freedom. We all have some weaknesses and temptations or areas where we've struggled. Don't give up on resisting them. We need to fight criticism, negativity, grieving over the past, oversensitivity, doubt, selfishness, putting feelings before faith and prayerlessness are all on the list. Keep reaching out to love and to help others. So some things you just got to not give up the fight, but get strong in the positives. And I've found, this is a powerful one, if you want to walk in freedom, be a praising, thankful person. Just find all the things you can thank God for. You say, well, I've still got so much to sort out. Yeah, but you've got some things to thank God for. If you know Jesus, celebrate that. If you've got some good godly friends that encourage you, celebrate that. Look at the victories, how far you've come. Celebrate that. Because if you focus on that, that'll give you courage to handle the things you have not yet overcome. And God wants us to live in this freedom and in this victory. And it says uh, in the Word of God to stay focused on Him to be an overcomer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, Pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I encourage you, if you have a heart of thanksgiving, it's amazing how it lifts your whole perspective. That's why we love to praise and worship. That's why I love church. That's why I love Christian music. There's just so many amazing bands and groups and churches putting out songs. Hey, just fill yourself with music that lifts your heart to God worship Him in the Spirit Paul said I sing in my understanding I sing with the Spirit sometimes I listen to a song I sing it in English and then I just sing in, in other tongues for a while because the Spirit just gets caught up into heaven your soul gets strong and you'll learn you'll, it'll give you strength to live in victory and lastly if you want to live in victory if you walk in the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit's going to grow. It's going to grow. And back to where I started tonight, some of you are a lot, a lot further on the journey than you think. We look and beat ourselves up and say, oh, look, I still don't have much love and I lose my temper so often and I still get tempted with stuff. Hey, that still happens. But when you're in God's presence, He gives you perspective to see how far you've already come. He wants you to stop and see how far you've already come. And tonight, I just feel the Spirit of God lifting our hearts to lift your eyes to heaven and see how far you've already come. Don't dwell on that which is not yet overcome. Because if you look at how far you've already come, then He'll give courage for the overcome the things that you're still wrestling with. Let's stand in His presence tonight. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, kindness, faithfulness, all those there in the fruit of the Spirit. Submission to the Lordship of Jesus and obedience to His will through His Word is essential to live in freedom. It's one thing to get free, but it's another thing to live in freedom. It's for freedom Christ has set you free. Okay, it's, it's not to get free... And then have a party for a few weeks and then go back to the old ways. 
Now it's for freedom Christ has set you free. Why? So that you can enjoy this journey of freedom yourself because it's good for your health, it's good for your mind. Hey, Christianity is good for us. They've done lots and lots of surveys to show if you live with a peaceful mind, it's good for your mind. If you have peace in your heart, it's good for your soul. If you've got wholesome relationships, you're not going to be going through guilt and shame and all that torment and unforgiveness. They've done lots of surveys and psychologists and and guys who study the brainwaves have now proving that Christianity is good for your soul. It's good for your mind. It's good for your health. It's good for your soul. It's good for your perspectives. And often it's good for your resources and finances as well. And it'll give you a purpose in your life. Dr. Emmanuel, he says that's true, hey? He studies this all the time as a psychiatrist, that Christianity and following God's ways is good for every part of our being. That's why the devil tries to stop you living in freedom. God says, hey, come on, let's step up and let's keep living in freedom. One more verse, Ezekiel 36, 26 says, and I I will give you a new heart. Wow, wow, wow. Something, oh, my, my heart's one day going good, and next day it's not going. I will give you a new heart, and I will give you new and right desires, and put a new spirit within you. I will take away your stony heart of sin and give you a new heart of love. And I will put my spirit within you, as so you will obey my laws and do whatever I command you. Hey, this is good news. I give you a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind, a new perspective, a new purpose, a new pathway in your life. That's what the Spirit of God does in our lives. And He's calling you to run after that. Don't turn back. Don't slip up. Don't go back to the old ways because it's not good for your soul. God's saying, hey, come on. It's for freedom I have set you free. If you're still wrestling with stuff like many of us are, don't go back and don't submit under that. It's worth the fight. It's worth the battle. It's worth asking for help. It's worth being transparent so someone you trust can help you keep moving forward. It's worth the wrestle to get the Spirit of God so filling us that we've got strength to live in victory. And the good news is it's not just about you, it's about all the other people watching your life. Wow, wow. What a joy, what a privilege. Let's close our eyes and just take a moment. Freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. If you know Jesus, you've already started this great work of freedom. Wherever you are tonight, I want to say you've come further than you think. And maybe there's still some great challenges and strongholds and brokenness in your soul. But let me tell you, Jesus calling you to live in freedom. And He makes a way. He strengthens us. And tonight, just as we come to the end of our service, as we sing this song, I want you to declare with your mouth, Jesus, you're setting me free. Lord, you've taken me on a pathway of freedom. God, give me courage and strength not to slip back, not to slip under those... Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au 
or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.